Moving to Live is a podcast about movement and exercise. We bring you interviews with professionals in the movement and exercise field. The goal is to provide information for other professionals and also amateur movement aficionados, people who understand that movement is part of what makes life complete. Some of the people we interview you will have heard of. They're well known in and outside of the movement and exercise profession. Others you may not have heard of, but they have a great deal of knowledge to share. Many people doing the best work spend their time working with people, not working on their social media presence. We're going to give you a chance to learn from some of these talented and knowledgeable individuals, and we're going to learn along with you. Moving to Live podcasts are going to be short. Each interview will be long enough to impart usable information, but short enough to be able to be consumed in a single bout, during your workout, commute, or even during dinner prep. We all like long-form interviews, but time is valuable. Moving to Live wants to give you the option to learn and be entertained without needing to commit 60 minutes at a time for an interview. Give Moving to Live a listen. Check out our sister podcast, FitLab PGH, which highlights people, businesses, events, and activities in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area that make movement a priority. Moving to Live would love to hear from you. Want to connect with us or have an idea for somebody you think we ought to interview? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com, or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, both underscore mov2liv. We're excited to bring you these interviews, and we think you'll enjoy each and every one that we bring you. Moving to Live is back with another podcast. We are back with part two of our interview with Rolfer Brian Jolie. Brian gave us a little background two weeks ago on exactly what rolfing is. He described it in simplified terms as rolfing is to soft tissue as chiropractor chiropractic is to joints. Oh, bone, but yeah, yeah. I like soft tissue. That's actually better, Ben. I like that. Thank you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you from now on. One of the reasons that I wanted to interview Brian is I think a lot of people are not aware of what rolfing is, who it might be for. And I know I have had the 10 series in the past. And one of the things, just like with a physician, with a mechanic, it's finding somebody to work with you that uh, syncs with you or vibes with you. And what's very unusual, I think, probably with Brian is I've never walked out of a rolfing session feeling worse than when I walked in. And I I'm not giving Brian a compliment because he agreed to do this, but some people just are gifted body workers, and I classify Brian in that. So, Brian, I want to thank you for joining Moving to Live for Part 2. Well, that, thank you, Ben. That's quite a, quite a nice uh, compliment. So we talked a little bit two weeks ago about uh, rolfing and how the educational process, and I know if you get on the Rolfing Institute website, they talk more about that in detail, but it takes somewhere over a year. So it's not one of those things that you can just go to a six-week course and all of a sudden you're an official rolfer. Right, right. And I think what also is really interesting and what I like about rolfing <laughs> the bells were intended for effect. <laughs> is many rolfers, and I know oftentimes I'll want to see you every two weeks and you'll say, I can't see you, I'm going down for education, is it seems like three or four times a year you're taking a week or so to go and get more education. Whereas I know in many professions and many massage therapists, there's like, well, I can get all my continuing education just online or I can just go through the motions. And you clearly don't go through the motions is this typical of rolfers or is this something you've made a choice because you want to expose yourself who have other with people who have other experiences? It, it's, 
I think I think so. We have a really strong, really strong contingency of rolfers in the East Coast here, um, from uh, Boston to uh, North Carolina. We got some really strong uh, rolfers, and um, we've got a great facility down in uh, Charlestown that would be close to Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. We actually have this great class setting in a place called Claymont, which was George Washington's nephew's plantation. So we have 350 acres. We are lodged in the horse barn and we have, we have uh, food there. We have, um, you know, we, we, we live on the second floor. We have class on the first floor. So we have the, and it's about four hours from Pittsburgh. It's, you know, five hours from, uh, I think Raleigh, I think it's uh, a couple hours from Philly. We routinely have this one woman coming, coming down from Boston. It's a 10 hour drive for her. Um, but, but we have this, there's, there's a great, great, great bunch of rolfers in uh, Baltimore, DC, Philly, and Delaware. There's just some real hotbed and there's a bunch of folks down in North Carolina. Um, and for me, it is about, you know, I, you know, we're supposed to get a certain amount of continuing ed- education at, uh, credits every two years. You know, you get two years to do that or whatever it is. But for me, it's, that's not the point. The point is, is that I've had some great, great teachers. Recently, Jim Asher, who is, was, you know, one of Ida Rolf's right-hand people, um, he, just, he just did a four-part, a four-part cranial class. And I mean, he hits his own little cranial school. He calls it Colorado Cranial School. And I've got a certification from his school. But, you know, it was rolfing in influenced cranial work. You're a rolfer. You get continuing education. You've mentioned this cranial work. And I know a lot of people just aren't familiar with body work at all. I think it's probably only the last five or 10 years when you start talking about things like low back pain, where what we term traditional medical, medical professionals, doctors, physical therapists, occupational therapists, they start looking at things like stress in your life, uh, and other things like that. So who would get cranial work? I mean, I think, uh, you've described rolfing as either people who want to get to know their body better or people maybe who have had an injury and are looking for something to address the soft tissue. What's cranial work for? One of the things about rolfing that I love is that it's progressive, and if Ida Rolf were alive right now, she'd be right on board with a lot of the different things we're doing. So I'll get I'll get to the cranial idea in a minute. So there's a guy there's a guy in uh, uh, Longmont. His name is John Martin. John Martin's been a rolfer for 30 years, and oh, maybe 10 years ago he was hanging out with this one guy, and he realized this guy knew a lot about nerves, and the guy unfortunately had. Uh, uh, some cancer and he ended up dying. But John followed this guy around for a couple years to get that information from this guy. So John has, does a, a whole sequence of classes. He's got a, he's got a, a three, a three uh, module module um, of class that's all about nerve. And um, I mean, for me, that was fascinating. It, it's something, so I'm always like every, every session, not every session, but I'd say eight out of 10 sessions, I'm doing a little bit of nerve work. Sometimes I'm doing a lot of nerve work. 
And that, this, like with the cranial thing. So Jim Asher, he's got this cranial uh, class. And, um, you know, it's not that I do. I do a few sessions with certain people where I'm just doing cranial work. But I'm always doing a little bit of cranial work, probably every session, you know. And so it's, it's, it's not that I, um, so I wouldn't, I mean, even though I could say I'm a cranial sacral practitioner, that's not why people tend to come to me, but I recently have a client and we were just doing great work and it's all, I'm doing like some really, really amazing cranial work with her. Um, Am I correct that if you were to look across the spectrum of rolfers, that all of them would have the typical education as far as the rolfing classes and then literally some of them are like you who explore these additional classes and others kind of stick with what their original education was. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, I think if you're going to, if you're going to go find a rolfer, you probably want an advanced rolfer. Someone, I mean, to be an advanced rolfer, usually you've got five years of rolfing experience. Usually you've got, um, some other bag of tricks where you've taken, you know, like, like this cranial class or this, this back work, uh, this, this, this back work stuff or this nerve stuff or different things like that so that you can, um, I mean, I'm going to take this class in July. I'm, I'm really excited. There's a guy in uh, North Carolina. I call him the bone whisperer. And this dude is, I mean, I've had some of the best sessions I've had in the last five years on, on the table with him. And I just want a piece of what he's doing. I want to figure it out. I want to learn it. And, um, you know, so that's like my own desire. I don't think there are, you are going to find some rolfers that don't do near the amount of, um, continue ed ed but you know i'm only four hours away from a great class um there's some great teachers and it's a great community and would i be correct in saying uh from what you're implying the good rolfers are the ones who understand that it's a dynamic profession it's always changing and taking these classes and working with or experiencing other rolfers because i know you always come back from these courses and say well i learned this but man somebody did this technique on me that i didn't know before and it wasn't even part of the class right right i don't, I don't want to say <laughs> i don't want to go good rolfer bad rolfer but i mean rolfers who may be more <laughs> successful in making their clients move better or have a better quality of life i, I mean i think there's some some folks um that have been doing do like my one buddy, my one buddy, he's been working with a guy and the guy never, never took any other classes. He's not an advanced offer, but the guy does what he does really, really well. And, you know, sometimes you just need some good old fashioned roffing, some old school stuff. If this guy were close and I needed some old school roffing, I'd be there, you know? Um, and the old school roffing you've referred to a couple times in both of these interviews, this is something where it's the traditional, it's the 10 series, works on different body areas, makes you more aware of the relationships of various parts of your body. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. So the old school rolfer we've kind of said is going to do the 10 series, which is excellent. And there are rolfers who do additional things. I'm somebody who's gone through the 10 series uh, <clears throat> many years ago. And then I had a client that I worked with who said, who kept saying, you need to contact Brian Jolie because you guys got a lot in common and he'd do some good stuff for you. And it took me four or five years, but you don't do the 10 series with me. So why would somebody after having the 10 series, and I know 
typically they'd say for somebody with rolfing, you'd have the 10 series and then periodically you would have, I'm probably using their incorrect terminology, but tune-ups or additional sessions to address problem areas of the body. Maybe you were somebody who's hunched over a computer and you had shoulder or neck problems. So I know you do the 10 series with some people. For somebody like me, why don't you just start doing the 10 series over again? Or how do you figure out what to do with somebody like me who doesn't have a pre-existing injury and who basically just wants to move better? Well, we, we could do another 10 series with you. Um, it would be very different than your first 10 series. Your body's changed quite a bit. Um, you know, even though I'm not doing a 10 series with you, and I may be doing a lot of tune-up work. Um, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking series. I think uh, as rolfers, we, you know, it's kind of like I, I the, the analogy I, I like to use is um, with music. If you're going to be a rock guitar player, you need you need to uh, listen to the bells. Now, if you're going to be a rock guitarist, you need to learn your blues scales, and then so the ten series is like the scales, but then. The actual session with you is like, I got room to improvise. So I'm not doing necessarily, I'm still thinking series. I'm still thinking, how does this, what's the relationship between your ankle and your hip? I'm looking, I'm looking at those things. Um, you know, one of the classes I forgot to mention, Ben, was that, 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 that visceral class I just recently took. And that was just a wonderful class. The, the teacher was a great guy as well. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of tune-up work. Sometimes, you know, I won't see a client for a couple years and they'll come in and we'll do like a five series instead of a 10 series, you know. And I, I mean, know you've mentioned that if somebody is smaller, it may take less time to do the 10 series because is that literally because there isn't as much soft tissue? Well, there's, yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, I had this one, one older woman. She was doing yoga every day and she was like, I don't think I have the money or the time. I'm like, oh, let's, we could probably do a 10 series in seven sessions. And we were able to do that. You know, and, you know, it's kind of like um, certain things you can fast track, um, certain things you can't, you know, it depends on, depends on how a person's kept their, kept themselves, you know, and, and how, what, what's available. We're always looking, you know, how, how, how adaptable is that person? Um, that's another one of the principles, adaptability. Um, now, I know, I know that uh, the pat answer, or the easy answer when I say, well, who should get Rolfed is everyone should get Rolfed. <laughs> But in a realistic uh, world, we know that's not going to happen. And I know somebody like me who maybe has the background experience knows people to say, hey, what's rolfing or heard about it? Just somebody on the street, who is rolfing for? Why should somebody get rolfed uh, every few weeks or do the 10 series and then maybe have tune-ups versus uh, doing some other sort of body work? It may be, yeah. I, I mean, I do like your answer that everyone could probably benefit, but um, it's probably easier to say who shouldn't be, get rolfed. Um, I mean, here's the thing about rolfing versus a lot of other body work is that there's a large component that uh, we're, we're using your intelligence and my intelligence to work on your body. And we're also, there's a whole piece of responsibility that you get to own about your own body. So like if I had a rolfer alive today, um, I mean, she would say rolfing is 50% manual manipulation, but she'd also say 50% education. There's a lot of times where I'm basically teaching people how to 
reuse their body or we're kind of trying to come up with ways that they can sit better or stand better or run better. Um, or, you know, once we get the fascial limitation or the, the, the you know, the soft tissue component um, opened up, then we need to learn some new patterns of how we use our body. So I think those are some things that just about anybody could use. However, the onus is on the client. I mean, I'm just a piece of this and I lose clients. If a client does not want to take responsibility for their body, they're not going to be my client. So in other words, if somebody comes to you and says, here I am, fix me or do the work. And they're not taking ownership and saying, well, I recognize that I'm sitting behind a desk 10 hours a day and I need to do something about it. They're probably not going to be happy with what happens. And they may be somebody that you make the decision maybe isn't the right person for you to work with. Yeah. They just kind of disappear. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's sometimes we have a conversation that maybe you should do something else. Other times, I mean, those folks I usually do a session or two with, I don't, I don't, they don't tend to last really long. Now that said, I've got clients that for years I've been like, you know, I got this one massage therapist. She used to be a division one swimmer. And I'm always like, you tell your clients that they need to do something. I don't want to be a broken record, but you need to do something too. And you know, this woman just won't do anything. She got a dog, but it's a little dog. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I mean, at least she's going out for a walk, but you know, at a certain point, the, the effects of life are just going to weigh you down. And, uh, you know, I would say as somebody who has been rolfed and talked to people who have been rolfed, I think it's best for, on the one hand, people who maybe have some sort of muscular injury from an accident, and it may take time, even years to, to completely resolve it. It may not completely resolve, but if it reduces their pain, increases their ability to enjoy life, it's worth it. The other thing that I found it's very beneficial for, if you're somebody who wants to be active, Without a doubt, there are certain motions and certain activities that you're going to do too much of. You and I just went for a two-hour bike ride. We spent two hours basically sitting in the saddle in a flexed position. So if that's all we did, if we we're somebody who rode and we didn't do other things, we'd have problems. Right, right, exactly. Somebody comes to you, they listen to this podcast or somebody knows you and they say, hey, you know, you, you need to try rolfing and they meet the criteria or there's somebody who they're willing to do something for their work, for their, for themselves. They'll take responsibility. Maybe they do the 10 series or maybe you do it in less time, but how often do they come? So somebody has the 10 series and how often do they come? Do they come three times a week and in three weeks or three and a half weeks, you're done with the 10 series or does it take three months or a year? So one of my, um, one of my mentors is a woman in Baltimore named Tessie Brungard, Brungard. And uh, Tessie, Tessie is an amazing rolfer, and she's an amazing teacher. And one of the things, so I, I've, I've done my advanced rolfing training with her, plus a couple other, you know, some other work with her as well. And one of the things that Tessie says and drilled into my head is that your clients are going to do what your clients are going to do. And, you know, I may want you to do a 10 series in, in 10 weeks, but, you know, life gets in the way. And I've got, I've got this one client. I just, when I hear from her, I'm like, okay, what session are we at? Oh, we're at session seven. Okay. You know, I'm not, it's like, the, it's like I cannot get too invested 
in what I want from my clients. <laughs> I got to I got to deal with my clients from where they are and um it's great if you can do a, a 10 series in 10 weeks. It's great if you can do a 10 series in 20 weeks. It's great if you can do a, a 10 series in 30 weeks because each session is going to build upon the session before and, you know, you're going to get, but I can't, I, that's not, you know, I can't, uh, I can't dictate that really. I know in the movement, exercise, health field, whatever you want to call it, there are very often people who are territorial or they are very, very convinced that they have the answer to everything. And I know you haven't had that that uh, attitude, at least towards me, and from what I've seen from other people, you've hadn't. One of the things that I think makes you unusual and fits in with being a gifted body worker is the fact that you constantly are suggesting other things. You'll say, you know, you need to check out this website, or I think for me, probably what made the biggest difference for my other podcast, Fit Lab Pittsburgh, I got a text from you one day that said, hey, you need to interview this acupuncturist. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough, this was Francis Desmond of Navigating Wellness, who we're also going to interview. I had a herniated disc with a lot of muscle spasming, and I had been seeing you, and it had been helping, and I'd been doing my physical therapy. But because you made the suggestion, hey, interview this acupuncturist, the next week I was actually seeing her as a patient. And it took it a step farther. And I don't think if I had not had the opportunity to see her, we'd be sitting here today having ridden a bike for two hours because I was literally at the point where climbing the stairs was difficult. Mm. So I know you've said that rolfing is dynamic and constantly changing and that Ida Rolf would do that. I think I would comment that if you're looking for a good rolfer or a good body worker or a good person involved in movement, look for somebody who is open to other ideas or isn't saying you need to work with me, don't work with somebody else. Because I think rolfing, just like any other type of body work or physical movement, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's a tool. And if somebody says, well, what do you do for yourself? Well, I get rolfed. I don't think they're going to be as successful and have as good a quality of life and as good a quality of movement just like I would say the same thing if you ask somebody, well, what do you do for your physical activity? And they say, well, I just run. Right. Or I just bike or I just lift weights. Yeah. So I think the rolfing is vastly underutilized because it's a little bit different than massage or a lot different than massage. And I think the biggest thing it's done is it makes you much more aware of what parts of your body really don't work well. Right. Well, thanks, Ben. Yeah. I would say, I would say, um, I would say that's a good, that's a good point. I was going to say something about yeah, I'm not everybody's rolfer. I know that. Um, and um, not, you know, maybe some people, some people rolfing can be too, too much for their system. Um, Was that hard to realize that you're not everybody's rolfer? Did you come out of the rolfing school thinking, I can help everybody if they just let me help them? Or was it more <laughs> because of your life experience, you realize, you know, I can help some people, but I can't care about it more than they care about it? <laughs> No, I've I actually fired a couple clients in the last last couple of years, and it was actually really fun. Fun. I I actually fired this one client because I actually said to her like it was three quarters through the session, and I said to her, I looked at her and I said, you know what, I don't want you to pay me today. And she she kind of sat up off the table and she says, what? I said, yeah, I, I don't want I don't want any money today. And she goes, why not? And I says, I don't think I'm your rolfer. And she said, really? And she, she said, well, why not? And I said, well, for starters, you're no fun. And I loved to be able to tell her that because she was literally no fun. And she was, um, she was, uh, just, 
you know, she had a medical background and she was trying to look, you can, you can outmuscle me if you want. If you want to talk about Terry's minor, we can talk Terry's minor. We can talk adductor Magnus if you want, all you want. But you know, it was just like, this person was, I, I don't know what the deal was. And, and I know I wasn't her rolfer. <laughs> I know there's just, there's some people that when you interact with them, you leave feeling good. And there's other people you leave feeling like you've been hit by a truck. Right, right. Uh, we talked in an earlier podcast interview with Menachem Brody of Human Vortex Training about firing personal training clients and how maybe it wasn't right. Have you ever had people argue with you about that, saying, no, no, you're the right person for me, and you really have to sell it that this is not the right situation, and it's not just for you, but for them also? No, I, I, haven't, had to do, I haven't had to do that, which is good. I mean, I really... Right now, I mean, I've always loved my client base. I think I think I got, I got some great clients. My buddy Brett, who comes down from Alaska, he he loves my client base. He says, "Dude, you got." I mean, I've got some real characters, and they're a lot of fun to work with. And and um, you know, it, it's it's that, that just it makes me want to work with them because you know they, they I get to see their personality I get to see what they do we get to talk about you know their experience and stuff and um I, I haven't had I don't have any clients right now that I even want to fire so that that's just really nice along those same lines the way people find a rolfer is similar to the way they find a massage therapist or a personal trainer it's either word of mouth or they they use the googly web have you ever, and I know you're a big person when somebody contacts you, you, you don't want to text back, you give them a phone call, which I think is nice. Are there ever people that you talk to or red flags that you talk to them and you realize before you even start to work with them, I'm not the right rolfer for you. And <laughs> yeah. how do you, and what's, what's the selling point for you? Because I know people who are very young, no matter what the profession in his movement, the first thing is always, I'm just going to work with anybody. I'm going to do this. And to some extent you have to pay your dues. But on the other extent, uh, if you listen to somebody like Tim Ferriss of the five hour work week, one of his comments is when somebody asks him to do something, unless he's really excited about it, it's probably not a good thing for him to do. So what is it when you talk to somebody, for example, for me, we've known each other for a while. I contacted, what was it about me that made you realize it's like, okay, maybe I can work with this guy. If you can remember back that far versus, versus yeah, this, I'm not the right person for this. This is going to be frustrating for me. It's going to be frustrating for him. And at some point I'm going to have to tell him, I don't want to pay you or I don't want you to pay me today. This just isn't working out. No, but well, I remember, I, you know, it's funny because when you, when you, when you said who you were, I remembered our mutual client saying, saying that, saying that, that uh, I, I, we should meet. I mean, she, she thought we should meet just to go for a bike ride, I think. Um, and but, it's taken four years, three or four years <laughs> since we've met to finally do that. <laughs> I'll be back. This is a nice, this is a nice part. I, I will, I will say as somebody who values movement and one of the reasons I have the podcast is I don't think I'd be moving as well without you. Oh, so thanks. partially thank you for helping me do that. But what was it about for somebody like me? What it, or maybe it isn't me, somebody that who just contacts you out of the blue or a mutual client hasn't mentioned it. Hasn't. It hasn't meant somebody you don't know contacts you and there's something about the, what is it about a conversation that makes you immediately know I'm not the right person for them. Well, you know, that's interesting. It's interesting. I think the more you work with people, you can usually tell over the phone um, whether they're not going to work or I, I mean, I, I off, I, I'm never, I'm always going to say to somebody, you should, you should come in for a session just to, just to see what, see what it's about. You know? Um, I mean, 
it's funny. I had this conversation with 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 another acupuncturist, not 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 Francie, but um, another woman in my in my building. Um, we were talking about how you know, human nature. Human nature is just so weird. Some people think that just the fact that they contacted you means that they've actually started to do something and they may never follow through. It's funny, but I'll get, I would say, you know, the law of numbers, right? They talk about sales. They talk sales, you know, you're going to 10% of the people you actually contact, you're actually going to make a sale to. I would say my numbers are better than that. I'd say that like 70% of the people that I actually contact back, I will, I will do at least one session with them. And probably 50% of those people I will do multiple sessions with and maybe have a long-term relationship with. But every once in a while, you, you run into somebody I've had in the, in the past. And it's like, sometimes I scratch my head. I had this one guy call me up. He was a runner. He was a long distance trail runner. He wanted me to listen to this one podcast. I told him to listen to your podcast. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, that's a cool podcast, blah, blah, blah. And the guy set up a session and he didn't show. And you know, I called him back and he didn't answer the phone. I'm like, you know, so it's like so interesting. Like what happened? I, I, I'm, and I'm not, if he calls me again, I'm going to say hi to him. I'm going to, I'm going to work with him if he wants to, but, but some, that's like human nature. We just don't know. That's the thing. We don't know what, what, what's going on with this person's life. We don't know if this guy just has, if I could have worked on him that day. Maybe, you know, I, I, I swear to God, I get phone calls and if I could see that person like right now, they'd be my client. But other times it's like either they can't wait or they're whatever. It's just an interesting, people are just, we're just interesting beings. We've been talking with Brian Jolie. He is a rolfer. I think the best definition is a rolfer is somebody who works with soft tissue helps you develop relationships with your body and understand how the various soft tissue parts of the body interrelate and work. I think it's an interesting concept and it's part of the toolbox if you want to make movement a regular part of your life. I know Brian won't say this, but I think what if you're looking for somebody who's a rolfer, I think it's beneficial to have somebody who's had a variety of life experiences and even more important than that, somebody who moves on a regular basis. So what I think what makes Brian a little bit unusual compared to many other bodywork people is not only does he do the work, but he gets the work done on him and he does a variety of sports. He's suffering a little bit of a hip injury right now, but there's not too many 50 plus year olds who still play hockey. <laughs> so he's a biker, a hockey, a trail runner. And I think, uh, you, you had the best definition that you're an old school kayaker too. So I want right. to thank you for talking to moving to live, kind of explain how somebody goes from a runner and an active kid to a variety of careers to something as a rolfer, which I think many people may not know exactly what it is. And I hope from listening to you, they have a better idea of what rolfing is. It's a specific type of body work. We'll have a link to the Rolf Institute as well as Brian's page. And the other thing I want to mention is Brian and a good friend of his have a podcast called So There I Was. If you are not a fan of listening to race reports or people talking about their powerlifting meet, their podcast is about adventure stories where something went wrong. So as Brian <laughs> says, nobody wants to read a race report unless something went wrong. So Brian, thank you for talking to Moving Live about your career as a rolfer. Thank you, Ben.
Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Moving to Live. Make sure you check out the show notes for contact information for our latest guest, as well as links about all the things we talked about. Intro and exit music is Traveling Light by Jason Shaw. You can subscribe to Moving to Live on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and be notified about new episode releases. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram, both underscore mov2liv. Please tell your friends about Moving to Live. It's a go-to place for information for movement and exercise professionals and amateur aficionados who understand that movement is part of what makes your life complete. Until next week, keep on moving.